This year, our lawmakers have an extra $3 billion. They've got to figure out how they're going to spend it. I'm Damian Willis, and this is The Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. This week, we're talking to Las Cruces Public Schools Superintendent Ralph Ramos. We'll be talking about the school district's priorities during this year's 60-day session of the New Mexico Legislature. We'll take a look at how proposed legislation might impact LCPS. As New Mexico's state legislature began work Tuesday, January 17th, to allocate an historically large budget, totaling $9.4 billion in recurring spending, an 11.9% increase from the last fiscal year. And Matt, with the state pretty much awash in extra cash, there's a danger both the governor and lawmakers can spend too much. So what have we heard from the governor in her state of the state address today? You're right, Tessa, that is a danger, but the governor's still being ambitious. She's called for both big ticket spending items and policy proposals that are ambitious outside of the budget. Uh, as you know, Democrats run the show up here, and that's good news for the governor. But still, it is not a unanimous agreement by any stretch. And she says um, she wants everything done, but she just has 59 days to convince them to back her. School districts around the state will be asking for a piece of that pie. Some have suggested things like fully funding and implementing the Hispanic, Indian, Black, and Bilingual Multi-Education Acts, significantly increasing school employee salaries, increasing instructional hours, and continuing to increase targeted funding through the at-risk index. Teachers are asking for more planning time, reduced class size, adequate staffing, an expansion of community schools, and a greater voice in the allocation of federal COVID-19 relief funds. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. We'll ask Superintendent Ramos if those things align with the district's goals, and if so, how. In the interest of full disclosure, I want to mention that I was once the district's director of communications, though it was under a previous superintendent. This week, I'm grateful to have Superintendent Ramos joining us. First, Superintendent Ramos, thank you for joining us this week on The Reporter's Notebook. You're welcome, and thank you for having me today, sir. It's a real pleasure. Let's just kind of start from where we stand right now. We're a little more than halfway through this fiscal year. How is the uh, budget at LCPS looking right now? Well, thank you, and what a great uh, question to start out with. Uh, And, you know, budget is always a, a big item in our district, and we have definitely transformed our budget process where we are involving so many stakeholders. And number one, it starts in every school campus. We involve the the teachers, we're involving our classified staff, our department leaders, the principal. Every school is diving in deep with the needs of every classroom, every subject, every career technical education course that's that's being offered. And we're definitely looking at equally providing opportunities for kids from campus to campus, but it starts with budget building at every campus first. From there, it goes to the district level with a different division uh, budget planning. 
But we also are in a huge celebration this year where we have a committee that really engaged in and creating some uh, a survey and some really effective questions uh, that have already been down, uh, you know, already uh, been out to the public. And the nice thing about it is, is that our goal was to get more participation. And uh, the average has been between 1,000 to 1,400 participants. And this year, huge celebration, 38% increase. We were right at 2,000 participants this year already. And that's just from the public survey, okay, which included any stakeholder in Las Cruces to participate. But the cool thing is, is that every teacher, Every EA, every custodian, every, uh, you know, uh, employee with classified at the building level is now included like they've never been before. That's great. So with about five, I guess, five months left in this fiscal year, where do things stand? You know, are we are we in pretty good shape? We, we, We are actually in very good shape. And let me tell you what's helped us be in great shape. And that is federal funds. Okay. Federal funds have really helped us take it to the next level. Like we've never done before. You know, one of the the, the sad things in New Mexico is that we have not always been funded correctly. We have not always had sustainable funds coming from, uh, you know, of course, legislation, you know, to the PED and then to us and uh, and one of the cool things about having these federal funds, it's allowed us to do some things like we've never done before. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing that New Mexico is at the bottom ranked 50th in education. But yet we weren't receiving the sustainability of funding that we should get in every subject area. Uh, and, and, you know, and that includes reading and writing as well. OK, because. uh you know, that, that that's a big one. Math, you know, we're always having to search for extra funds, even for textbooks, you know, purchasing of textbooks because they don't sufficiently fund us for you would think every kid would have a, a textbook, but that's not the case here. You know, so we're always having to get creative. And one of the neat things with Las Cruz Public Schools is that we finally also have created a strategic plan. Okay, and we have strategic goals and it starts with a goal one educator in our ecosystem. And that ensures that every child uh, will be prepared, well supported, highly effective educators who use culturally and linguistically responsive pedagogy to guide their learning and development uh, in the classroom. So the education ecosystem is number one. Number two is our pathways and profiles. You know, we're increasing students' successful uh, completion of high school with research-based, relevant, applied uh, experiential learning opportunities. You know, and that's part of our career technical education to become college and career ready. All of our students are prepared for college, but not every student wants to go to college. And that's why we need to have these pathways to really give them that workforce support and hands-on. So when they graduate, they can land a job and uh, and, and, and hopefully a local job with uh, some type of a skill, you know, that they can uh, definitely grow from. And then uh, goal three, the whole child in education 
and that's for accelerated students learning and development by supporting schools and classrooms to engage in deeper and rich uh, academic learning, you know, that is integrated to both uh, social emotional learning and its uh, cultural and linguistic responsiveness. And that is so important because we're looking at every student, providing them equal opportunities to all programs and everything that we do with Las Cruces Public Schools. And, and again, trying to do what's best for kids is not easy but we definitely have these goals in mind. We have goal number four, which is all assets-based supports to provide equitable access to, you know, assets-based uh, services and learning. And that's where this budget building that you asked earlier, you know, it, it involves everyone, right. you know, to, you know, to build on that. And then of course, our last goal is high performing organization. You know, and that is to maintain a strong financial performance, you know, your control cost and uh, equitably delivering innovative ways to invest in our strategic priorities. And of course, maintaining our infrastructure, our operational systems, the strong leadership to support our staff and preparing our students to reach their, you know, even post-secondary uh, uh, goals. So this is really important here. And again, it ties into budget. But we have to also hold people accountable and give these people opportunities to be able to provide the funding to do certain things in all their programs. So it, it, it's 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 a big, integral world, and it ties all in together with our strategic plan. And every time we we talk about kids or we're going to spend money on kids, it always ties into our strategic uh, plan with Las Cruces Public Schools. Do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between recurring and non-recurring investments and perhaps what you've heard from legislators about how they're looking at the two? My general sense is that even though we've got this enormous surplus this year, there's not a lot of appetite among lawmakers to build it into recurring budgetary costs. Right. And, and that's a great question, you know, because recurring costs is kind of like what I've been talking about, that sustainability, you know, that, that continued support of recurring dollars that we can plan on. You know, if, if I know I have, uh, let's say, 24,000 students, I pretty much know that I'm going to be receiving X amount of dollars every year. And that is and right now uh, we are spending about 90 one to 92 percent on staffing alone that's what that money is there for to pay our teachers pay our employees to provide great experiences for students and and and, and you know and they're learning but then you have non-recurring that's the big one right now and that's something that i think people need to understand is that uh, non-recurring are for capital projects to build schools, build uh, programs. It's a one-time shot that you get this money. You might get uh, like different phases. And, you know, Las Cruces Public Schools has looked for infrastructure uh, dollars. You know, we're also, of course, looking at instruction and then, you know, our personnel uh, support. But as far as non-recurring we have some big projects that we're asking for and that is uh you know for career technical education we need to build some buildings uh on a couple uh campuses right now we're looking at rio grande preparatory uh, institute 
or we're looking at a uh, maker space where it provides a space for students to learn with some hands-on experiences. Again, part of that workforce initiative uh, is a big one. Uh, we're looking at a multi-purpose uh, uh, room uh, that we're wanting to do at RGPI as well, and that's involving the gym, renovating that where it's a esports, uh, a new way of learning type of environment, uh, you know, that's really important. And then, uh, you know, uh, we're looking at some early childhood uh, centers, big projects uh, out on Peachtree on uh, uh, off of uh, the East Mesa, uh, where we're looking at uh, at least educating between four and eight hundred three and four year olds. Uh, as well as Lynn Middle School, wow. adding uh, uh, another early childhood center that, that's part of that true um, middle school community school concept. And one thing that's really important, uh, Mr. Willis, is that Doniana County in southwest New Mexico needs to know some data. And one of them is that there's currently about 8,500 three and four year olds and we're only servicing about 1,600 with both private and uh, public education. And these students, data shows, research shows that when students are involved with early education, uh, whether it's Head Start programs, preschool, all these type of things, they are more successful in, in, in as they grow up uh, through our uh, public school setting. So again, that's a recurring dollars that we're asking for. We're also looking at uh, our physical plant uh, and our a bus yard maintenance facility that we're looking at, uh, you know, about uh, almost $9 million there alone. But uh, that those are the things that we're looking at. We're looking at also uh, some staff, uh, staff wellness center upgrades that we need to look at this, you know, for the social emotional support, but also even health issues, you know, that students uh, are, are going through every day on how to support them with that. But yes, as far as non-recurring dollars, that's where we're kind of targeting uh, our need with career technical education. Mayfield High School is another one that we're trying to uh, target some of those needs there with that old building. So I hope after you hear what I just shared with you, these are some things that we are looking for non-recurring dollars. It's a one-shot deal uh, that helps support our public schools. And it seems like with Oh, I've heard from 3.4 to 3.6 billion dollars in extra money this year, extra revenue being built into the budget. It seems like this might be the best chance to actually get some of those things scratched off the list. And that is our goal. That is exactly our goal. And, you know, really, the big challenge is going to be that we've got to keep kids in school. We got to keep uh, doing what's best for kids. Again, like I said earlier, it's not easy, but let's just stop and look at like early childhood centers. Let's say we do get these two centers. Of course, we get the, the buildings built. Now it's staffing. Now we need recurring dollars, you know, sustainable right. funds to, to staff the people, the professionals that are working with these kids every year. Uh, you know, as we get that. So those are the challenging pieces, but I, I strongly feel there's a huge need, you know, in, in these focus areas. 
And uh, and that's kind of where we're at with part of our strategic goals. We spoke with NMSU Chancellor Dan Arvisu a few weeks ago on this same topic. But I think it's worth pointing out for our listeners that public schools have very different funding mechanisms that, that, that are completely different from the ways universities are funded. Yes, sir. And, and, and that is correct. And again, uh, you know, looking just at Las Cruz Public Schools, we've narrowed it down into really three buckets. Instruction is one. Uh, safety and infrastructure is the second. And then personnel support. And, 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 and that's what we're trying to really tackle and, and you know, to help get us funded, uh, you know, with this. But uh, also there's legislative mandates that, that tackle. Right now there's a flexibility and sufficient funding for instructional hours versus days. Las Cruces Public Schools took the initiative to take advantage of early child learning and uh, extended learning and we've changed our calendar. We're now in a year-round balanced calendar, which is providing us a, a total different twist. We are hearing a lot of great things from it. I think the biggest uh, battle we had was communication uh, when people had already planned their, uh, you know, summer breaks and going on vacation and all that. But that's behind us now. You know, our, our dates are out there. People know when we're going to start and uh, we're doing great things with extension of the classroom, along with enriched learning opportunities uh, with Las Cruz Public Schools. And this may be a good time to talk about enrollment, which is a big, big piece of that equation. You know, when it comes to how public school districts are funded, it seems like enrollment at LCPS might be down a little bit since the onset of the pandemic in 2020, but it doesn't seem to be as heavily impacted as other districts. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Willis, for asking that question or making that comment. But that you're, you're exactly right on target. You know, this this pandemic really created a, a shift with students and their mindset being in school. And that's been a little challenging. We had uh, we used to have right. We were knocking at like twenty five thousand uh, students. We're now we're at about twenty four thousand. And then, uh, but a lot of things that happened with the pandemic was that students weren't coming to school because they were employed in our community earning money. And that's part of that workforce initiative that I was talking about earlier is, uh, you know, part of it, we're having to get creative as well, you know, with even school bell schedules on how we allow, you know, some juniors, seniors to get hands on experiences out in our community, but also able to maybe maintain a job. So we lost a lot of students there. We've gotten a lot of those back. In fact, uh, the state of New Mexico originally had uh, targeted Las Cruz Public Schools that we had 800 students missing. Well, out of the 800, we narrowed it down and located all of them except 35 students, uh, and that was about a year ago. Huh. And uh, these 35 students were just not accounted. Uh, some of them did move out of the country. Some of them moved to other states and never got reported to us where they went. I do want to give a lot of credit to our school secretaries, our registrars, who do a great job when students do disenroll. 
But during the pandemic, a lot of students were just not coming to school, didn't disenroll. So that's where we had a, a huge challenge to locate them. Las Cruces Public Schools has a great attendance protocol that we follow that involves teachers in the classroom. Of course, that's where the main connections start with. And I want to thank them for really the accountability that they have on reporting absences uh, with our Synergy system every day, every class period. But then also we look at trends, you know, as a student been absent three days, you know, five days, eight days. And when they start reaching those uh, uh, eight to 10 days, we do home visits and, uh, and that can involve counselors from the school or our principals uh, from each school, as well as our district staff who does a lot of those type of home, uh, visits. But no, it definitely changed. We are down a little bit from, uh, two years ago, but it's not a huge impact. Although we are wanting kids at school. And uh, I, I strongly believe our numbers are going to grow, continue growing. And another reason why they're going to be growing is because we're getting creative with, again, schedules, working with kids, working with individuals based on their needs and trying to really help them uh, out. Uh, you know, and, 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 I, and I have to mention this as well. There was students also out there taking care of their siblings while their parents were working. You know, those type of things is what went on through COVID. Right. And just to shift that mindset to come back into school and finding them support at home with siblings is uh, some of the other things we've been tackling. I suspect there's also kind of a nationwide trend of slowing birth rates. And so if you don't have you may not have the incoming kindergartners, for instance, coming in in large enough numbers to replace the graduating seniors. Yes, sir. Yeah, that seems to be a part of what's going on throughout this country on that. And uh, but, uh, you know, that that's those are things that we'll just have to adjust. I think uh, with our current enrollment at uh, twenty three thousand nine hundred twenty eight students, you know, right there at that twenty four K number, you know, I think uh, we still have enough money to help us do what's right for kids. And certainly there are districts across the state. I think of APS, uh, Albuquerque Public Schools, for instance, they're uh, they're talking about shuttering some of their schools and moving those kids to other schools. And I think Rio Rancho might be doing the same. So uh, Las Cruces seems to be in a far better position than many other districts. Yes, sir. And, th and thank you for mentioning that. And we are, I, I, you know, we're definitely not looking at uh, closing any schools down. I know one of the things that we've taken very serious is by shuffle sizing our staff based on where the student populations have grown. And obviously the East Mesa has grown. We're currently in the middle of gathering data for uh, redistricting and uh, changing some school zones to balance those numbers. It seems like a lot of people also from inner city or maybe even the west side of town are moving to the east side of town as well, uh, not necessarily uh, losing students, but they're shifting. And that's what we look at data all the time. In fact, we're right now in the middle of trying to prepare for next year to how can we offset some of those numbers with staffing issues and we're always a uh, game about lower classroom sizes and really following state statute requirements as well 
And right now, Las Cruces Public Schools is probably the best dialed it's ever been in the history of, of, of our, our district with our staffing numbers being, you know, right on target with statute uh, requirements. And, and that's a huge celebration. We don't have uh, necessarily a, uh, the high number of teachers who have higher class loads than others. They're well balanced. That's equitable amongst our staffing as well. I know that makes teachers happy. Um, I certainly, uh, I also think that, you know, you look at schools like Booker T. Washington and Central Elementary, those are also in neighborhoods where the population is aging and they may just not have the kids to, that, you know, in in those districts to send to those schools. So you are right on target on that. And let me tell you what we've done as well. We've shifted, uh, you know, even like early childhood for Booker T. Washington, we had about five classrooms that were available there that, you know, again, like you said, people have moved out of that district, that zone. And and uh, we did open up five classrooms for early childhood, which are now filled. And that's how we balance those numbers. Those have been the, the neat things. Now, I got to be honest with you. I do uh, visit a lot with our uh, neighbor, uh, Travis Dempsey, Superintendent Dempsey over at Gadsden. And he has some challenges right now because he is not able to shift programs and things like that with the size of his district. So he may end up having to shut down a, a couple schools. I think, you know, I think they are shutting down um, Sunland Park Elementary possibly next year. It's what we've right. heard. So right now, you know, and that's one of the things that we also have looked at very closely with uh, Rio Grande uh, Prep Institute. Uh, you know, what are our numbers there and how can we bring more students there as well to help offset some of the other high school uh, numbers? And uh, it seems to be working well, but I'm really looking forward to our redistricting. I think it's really going to help this city and uh, and all our students uh, here in Las Cruces Public Schools. Where do you think the biggest holes in LCPS's budget lie? The biggest holes that we have, I, again, and I kind of started out when you talked about budget, you know, and the biggest holes are 2024, we are done. We will be finished receiving federal funds from our ESSER and our COVID relief, all those type of funds. And that's going to be the biggest hole that we have because we won't have that. And that's why it's so important right now. And that's why I'm so engaged and I've been very engaged with our local local legislators. Right now, we're looking not only for uh, non-recurring dollars, but recurring sustainable funding for staffing as we get raises for teachers, as we get raises for all employees. You know, it's very important to have that sustainable fund because currently uh, the state uh, legislators, some of them don't realize that we have federal employees in our district, which are federally funded. So whatever our state you know, provides us for raises, those federal employees don't get that dollar amount from the state included in there. So we have to get creative to be able to provide them with those same raises as our state employees. And that's where we really uh, uh, value equity in our district for all employees on that. So those are, you know, that that's, those are the big challenges that we have in our district 
is uh, sustainable funding, again, not only with, with staffing, but also if the state provides us uh, instructional materials, we need the right dollar amount, you know, to really make sure that we have plenty of funding for that. And right now we're having to get creative with about $3 million that we are not sufficiently funded with instruction alone. That is uh, a beautiful, it's like you're looking over my shoulder because that's a great transition into one of our next topic. One of the hot topics when it comes to schools and, and particularly among administrators is unfunded mandates. The things that you're required by statute to do, but that don't come with the funding to actually achieve them. Is that something that LCPS faces? Absolutely. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier alone, just with sufficient funding for instructional materials, you know, adoption K-12, uh, we had to, we were short $3 million, you know, and I mentioned that earlier, but time out, sufficient funding for early literacy and structured literacy requirements, such as our letters, which is our language essentials for teachers of reading and spelling, professional development, we were short $1.4 million on that. So we had to, again, get creative. How are we going to, where are we going to cut? Where can we get the Rob Peter to pay Paul within our own district? Here's the other thing, you know, uh, sufficient funding for bus transportation, for <laughs> extension of classroom and after school programs. You know, I really have a huge concern. We're also having to spend $3 million extra dollars uh, you know, just for our transportation allotment in our district. And that's why we're trying to get creative with that. But I mean, how fair is it for a student with color or really any student not being able to stay after school to participate either in athletics or fine arts or clubs and activities? Because like they don't have a way home. That, yeah, they don't have a way home, you know, so they have to rely on parents or brother, sister or friends or neighbor. And, and if they don't have that, they don't participate. And that's not what we're about here in Las Cruz Public School. We're really that's one of our big ask for's with legislation this year. And uh, that sufficient funding for extension of the classroom is so important, so important, because not only do we look at extension of the classroom with athletics getting funded, you know, for meals, travel and hotel. We're wanting to do the same thing. Why should fine art students, your band, choir, orchestras have to fundraise as well as clubs, you know, your FFA, your HOSA, your robotics, any club within a school have to fundraise and, and not, you know, uh, in order to participate. But so the basketball really team gets a hotel that. room. And that's going to cost us about $3.2 million that we're asking for that extra sufficient funding there. So, no, Damien, you're asking all the right questions. And let me tell you, my team here at Las Cruces Public Schools in all our areas is so engaged right now. We The need has been there for a long time. We've tried to plot all of this information to our local legislators. I know I'm really excited about them when the 60-day session uh, going in and and i believe we're going to make a lot of these things happen teachers have said they want more planning time we talked a little about that reduced class sizes we talked a little bit about that and uh adequate staffing they 
also like the legislature to ensure long-term solvency for the New Mexico uh, Retiree Health Care Authority, which provides health care benefits into retirement. Do you think that these are achievable or uh, if passed, do you think they could result in un- unfunded mandates? I think it's definitely uh, achievable, but again, they need to look at the sustainable funding. You know, if we're going to give a raise, we need to give it to all employees. Uh, I know a big one is right now the insurance funding for all employees. You know, that's going to be interesting. I'm also proposing that New Mexico cover all health care premiums for school personnel. an additional 4% raise. Uh, one of my biggest challenges for that one is, which I'm all about, if they're going to fund us 100% or 80%, I think that's great for our employees. But my big challenge is, is what happens, like let's say right now 60% of Las Cruces Public School employees are receiving the insurance benefits. And let's say when they change it, I gain uh, you know, another 35%, are they going to sufficiently fund us for that additional influx of employees that come in, you know, to uh, really, uh, you know, receive their insurance as well? Who might so be might be on, on a that. spouse's uh, insurance and then decides to bring the spouse over to theirs instead. Correct. Correct. And I know there's a lot of talk on that on just, uh, uh, providing the insurance for the employee itself, not the family plan. You know, so those are all things that are going to be challenges up in legislation. But as far as like uh, level one, level two and level three teachers, uh, you know, we're hearing a lot of uh, echoing noise that there's going to be another 4% uh, increase. And I think that's all great, uh, you know, uh, you know, but uh, hopefully we hear a lot of positivity on, on this as we go. I know some of my my challenges in our district are retention, you know, retaining our workers and keep, keeping them here, but also the high need for social workers. You know, we're starting to work with a residency program funding for school behavioral health providers you know, for social workers and counselors, you know, we want internship programs for aspiring behavior health providers. We want, uh, we're seeking federal grant funds for that right now, but uh, we would love to see something come from the state. No different than what they're doing for student teachers in, in the classroom, which I think is the best uh, opportunity for teachers and really the best job in New Mexico right now is to be an educator, to be a teacher, because I think uh, we've shifted. They are heroes in the classroom. If we're serious about New Mexico rising uh, in education from 50th and getting in the middle and moving to the top, we've got to move the needle, but we have to have these sufficient funds that that come to us to help support these leaders in the classroom. Yeah. and, And show teachers that we value them. We do. We do. Teachers are heroes to students, not only with the learning, but also being key mentors to students and really motivating them, you know, with with other opportunities as uh, they learn throughout throughout their experience with Las Cruces Public Schools. 
There's been a lot of talk about increasing instructional hours uh, statewide. She also wants to spend $220 million to increase the length of the school year. That's two more weeks of in-class learning for public schools. I haven't looked into it very deeply, but my sense is that LCPS is probably on the upper end of the spectrum when it comes to instructional hours compared to other districts around the state. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. And what a great, really, that's a huge celebration. And number one, I want to start off by thanking our school board. You know, this last year, they adopted the new balance calendar. We were, de- we are definitely funded uh, with $14 million for the extended uh, learning time that that involves, which that impacts teachers. It impacts students with better opportunities and the classroom enriched learning, extension of the classroom, all of that. But we are the leaders and I want to thank them for really uh, taking that initiative. We were so uh, excited. Uh, we that was we had, a, of course, an option to keep traditional calendar. And I know it got shot down the previous year, but it was because the pandemic was still going. They weren't unsure. But when we were coming out of that pandemic, boy, they adopted this new balanced calendar. It's been going outstanding. And I really see a lot of great things. Albuquerque Public Schools, Los Alamos, and other districts are calling us. How did you roll that out? How did you do it? What are you doing? What are the plus deltas uh, as you reflect as this past year? You know, and I always tell them, number one is involve your stakeholders out in your community. Get there, you know, explain the whys and how comes of where you're going. And and, and I think it'll get them uh, going a whole lot better. But here's the thing is that I really like the uh, extra hours that they're wanting to implement. Las Cruz Public Schools is already doing that. We might have to make some very minor tweaks, but we are definitely have set the pace for New Mexico. I know that uh, our governor, I know our state uh, department of education, Secretary Steinhaus is, has been really excited about what we've been doing down here in Las Cruces in this uh, very important uh, area. One last thing I want to dive into a little bit deeper, and we we kind of scratched the surface, but transportation has long been um, a little sticky, to say the least, for LCPS. Is there an opportunity in this legislative session to ease some of that pain? And that's a great question. As I was mentioning earlier, we're looking at a new maintenance facility, and we've added a bus yard there. You know, and not to say that we're not in great partnerships with STS bus transportation. They're doing a great job, but I think it might be a great leverage to work together down the road, working out of our bus yard to be be able to offset some of these costs that we've having that we've been having to get creative. Las Cruz Public Schools right now we're having to spend about three million dollars again for bus uh, transportation on getting creative on getting our students home even during school and after school programs and and just really trying to get that narrowed down so no you're right on target uh, and i think if we did have our own bus yard our own bus system you know it would be very much helpful the other thing that's that's really interesting with transportation is that We've ordered uh, some electric buses also where we're really starting to tackle that initiative. We're also working with El Paso Electric 
uh, to look at our rates and also see what we can do differently to better take advantage of peak hours, uh, you know, rates and things like that, as well as looking at seeing where can we uh, keep our electric buses and charge their batteries. Right now, uh, we have a solar array at Centennial High School. I've done a lot of research and learning from that alone. But currently, what we're lacking there are batteries to put this energy into. And guess what? Electric buses have huge batteries. We need to charge them up. So we're looking at that as a possibility to really take advantage of of the the non you know the renewable energy that we have. Right. We're we're generating energy that we can't store and it's going to waste because it could be going into those buses. It could it could and it's not really going to waste right now because we're also utilizing it within our school building, but a, a good way is whenever let's say we don't use the maximum energy that's being produced. Right. This could be a great way to recapture it and store it. Yeah. Fantastic. Superintendent Ramos, what do you want to add that we haven't talked about? You know, I just really want to thank everyone in Las Cruces, Southwest New Mexico, Doniana County. I, I strongly believe that our community is coming together. I strongly feel that we're looking at the whole child. We're looking at the opportunities to grow within our community, not only in college, but in the workforce. We're working with private uh, sponsors that are really contributing a lot to public schools. I want to thank them for that. I want to thank the commitment that's coming from our teachers, our, our administrators, our classified staff to have our buildings ready every day. Uh, but also, I want to thank our local legislators that not only and, you know, and everybody has been kind of like here recently panic mode to get everything to our legislators the last minute before they go into legislation. I want to thank them for the really the continuity that we've already have established. We've been talking year round. Uh, they know our needs. A lot of their needs are our interests as well uh, for education. And uh, I just uh, I think that New Mexico is going to see some big changes this year. And finally, education is going to get the support that that we've deserved for such a long time. And I've just been uh, so fortunate uh, and I get a little emotional here, but 28 years (laughs) that I've worked for Las Cruces Public Schools and my heart is in it for kids and our staff. And I just recognize that without all of us as a team, we're, you know, we wouldn't make the great things that are happening in New Mexico as well as Las Cruces and our kids. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to see some great things coming from our district and continue seeing some great things as we lead here in New Mexico. And hopefully some great things coming from the legislature, too. Yes, sir. Um, thank you so much, Superintendent Ramos, for your time today. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Reporter's Notebook. We also have a newsletter sharing reporter stories about, well, about how we report stories. You can find all of our reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News. A huge thanks goes out to Superintendent Ralph Ramos for joining us this week. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many of the places you find your favorite podcasts. 
Thanks to KOB4 and Albuquerque for the extra audio in this week's episode. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. You can also find all our local reporting brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces at www.lcsun-news.com for all of us at the Sun News. Thank you for the privilege of your time.